Welcome to the WP SEO Show, brought to you by SEO Hive, your proactive white label SEO partner. The WP SEO Show is all about talking WordPress and SEO from optimizations, structures, setups, and plugins. We explore how to make your WordPress website perform better in the search engines. Here are your hosts, Pete Everett and Jeff Patch. Hey, welcome to the WPSEO show. I'm your co-host, Jeff, joined by my laughing co-host, Pete, because we restarted this intro and I don't care. How are you doing, Pete? <laughs> yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm sort of pleased we did because when we hit record, there was a worrying still. Now, it might not have come out on the video, but I looked like a fish. So, uh, <laughs> so you really did me a favor by restarting that intro. So I'm, I'm not going to mention it. We'll just gloss over it. Nobody will notice. Yeah, never happened. Never happened. We never. Wait a second. We just mentioned it. Oh well. Anyway, <laughs> how's it going, man? <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, it's it's been a it's been a fun first week back at work, and um, lots of lots of things, lots of plates spinning, lots of exciting things happening, and uh, yeah, it's 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 all going well. How about yeah, this? This is the first week our kids are back to school, so that's why it feels like it's the new year. But I mean, it is the new year, but we're already well <laughs> into the second week of it. But <laughs> I got I got a little mixed up there, and I was like, "What the heck?" But yeah, the kids are back at school, so it's like not that they're a problem by any means, but just having like a slightly quiet, little less commotion around the house, you can kind of really get back to work. So it's a well, little nice. You're saying that, but at the time of recording, it is now 22:00 in the evening here in the UK, which will make it about 20 to 12 for you in California, and. That means that we've finished our fourth day of the week here. And my son came home from school saying, I can't believe how fast this week's going, Dad. And I'm like, neither can I because I've only got one more day and then you're back at home for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, we see what Pete's priorities are. I thought he was going to say, I've got a lot of work to finish. But no, it's, he just doesn't want his son around. That's nice. All right. Well, we're going to. We need some sponsors for family therapy, I think, on the show now. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <sighs> no, but like, it, it, to be serious, though, we're laughing about it. But like, this whole remote work thing for the last couple of years, I know it's, everyone's kind of dealt with it, or a lot of people have dealt with it. Like, it's fantastic, but then there's little things that are sometimes difficult. And it's, it's not the kids being, they're here. They're not a problem by any means, but like I've got ADHD. So every little sound, you know, I'm just, I'm all over the place. So it's like, I need to like focus in and, and that's not their fault, but that's just, it's the things that you like learn and start to realize when you fully immerse yourself in not going to an office or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get you. I get you. I, our kids in fairness, aren't, they're not too, they're not too much hassle when they're at home. They're, they're old enough now. My youngest will be 10 next Thursday. Two weeks today. He'll be 10 two weeks today. So, you know, I, I can't believe I'm going to have two two children over the age of 10. But, the um, yeah, they're, they're, they're fairly self-sufficient. They have their own networks of friends. They either go out with them or they're playing with them online or doing whatever. So it's, it's not like... Um, it's not like they're sort of, you know, I have to entertain them or something like that. But it's just you can guarantee I have two boys and you can guarantee that the arguments will happen and the the you know, the the disruptions will happen right at a crucial moment when I'm trying to do something and could really do with like another 20 minutes just to get something out of my head or finished or whatever it is. And that's that's when it's annoying. And uh, yeah, anyway. Well, hey at ho, least you didn't need to like build a whole private shed in your backyard to get away from them or anything. I mean, if you had to go to that extreme, we'd have to have a different conversation. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. At least I didn't have to do that. 
I'm Maybe. just jealous because I want one so bad. <laughs> I just want one. I just want a man shed in the backyard. I don't even care if there's anything in it. I just want it to be mine, and that's my. You know what I mean? You know what the the this little cabin that we've got in our garden is brilliant, and the the, the reason. So I used to work in a bedroom in the house, and I had a problem with that, which was that. I could always see work, even if like, you know, and you don't want to be, you don't want to be going to bed. We, we've got two floors in our house. The bedrooms are upstairs. The living space is downstairs. So, you know, I didn't want to be going to bed, cleaning my teeth, whatever, and thinking, oh, I just need to do such and such, or I mustn't forget, whatever. I, I just couldn't switch off because it was in the house. And then, then, uh, so I then got an office. I paid rent for an office and there was three of us in the office, two of them are myself and m- my wife, Gabriella. And uh, then one of our devs who lives locally, m- my agency team were spread out throughout the UK, apart from one of our developers who lives in the same city as me. So as I had the office, he used to work work from there. Then COVID happened. And I, uh, Tom, the the dev, he had to work from home, obviously, because we, uh, that was that was the rules, people had to work from home. Gabs had the kids here in the house. So I'd still go to, to the office to work. And she was doing homeschooling and all that kind of thing. And it was fine, but I was still paying full rent just for me to have a space in, you know, that, that was away from home. In the UK, we had these things called bounce back loans where um, companies could get uh, basically loans that were guaranteed by the government. It was, uh, it, was, it was to help them with cash flow over the period of time. So we got one of these bounce back loans. And uh, actually, we used some of it to build this in the garden. Uh, which belongs to one of our companies now, technically, and <laughs> we, um, but that meant that I could stop paying the rent. So, within eleven months of I've now been in here since August twenty twenty or September twenty twenty. Within eleven months of moving into the garden, we were into profit. Nice. Um, and because the team is disparate anyway, you know, we were working through Slack. We were working through Zoom. We don't, the only difference was Tom would come and sit in a chair in the corner. Now Tom just <laughs> continues working from home. He, he left he left on the 16th of March or whatever it was and never came back. I've only seen him about four times since in person. Um, <laughs> and he lives a mile away. I mean, it's ridiculous. We're, we're Tom, actually going Pete misses a, you. <laughs> yeah. Well, he should know that because we've just arranged our post-Christmas due and we're going to go out for lunch in a couple of weeks' time to a to a nice Thai restaurant. Funnily enough, after the off the back of the last recording, where we were talking about say, Thai food, were you inspired from the last episode? <laughs> you know what can I say? What can I say? I actually I was at the store later that after we recorded that one that day, and there was this frozen pad Thai in the in the thing. My, my wife really loves pad Thai, and I was going to get it for it. I was like. It's not going to be as good as that crappy hole in the wall place Pete talked about, so I'll be disappointed. So I'm not. I'm not going to spend it on this frozen pad thai. Yeah, sorry, Steph, your lack of pad thai is all my fault. Sorry, that's uh, okay. It, it's better <laughs> from the local restaurant anyway. <laughs> anyway, hey, speaking of local restaurants, that just reminded me that there's somebody I would love to work with, the local Thai restaurant, because they really need a better web presence. <laughs> <laughs> The whole topic today that we are uh, avoiding getting to is uh, your first SEO discussion with clients. This could be new clients, could be existing clients, but one that we were talking, one of the things that we get, uh, you know, asked and, and brought up in our, you know, kind of our, our pre-sales calls and, you know, when people book a call with us to, to discuss how we work and how they work is how do we even approach this? You know, I've got this client. I don't know what they want. I, I don't know. You know, there's so many question marks. So we just thought, let's start from the beginning. You've got a new, either a new client or an existing client that you want to start talking about SEO from. How do you start having those conversations? What do they look like? 
what are you doing? Are you going for a hard sale, et cetera, et cetera? Well, and I think I think you you just mentioned the words hard sale, and that's really the point because if you if you start SEO is quite a hard sell. That's that's the reality, and it's really difficult for for business owners, for clients to to see the fact or to see past the fact that actually you know what, you're not gar- really guaranteeing me anything, but all I can see is a retained fee each month. So, mm-hmm. and uh, you know what, you mentioned retained fee to a client and all they do is times it by 12 and think, you know, you've gone from a $600 a month sale to a $7,200 sale. And in their mind, that, that's how it works. So it's, it's really important to be able to demonstrate the opportunity. The whole point of, uh, the, the whole sort of, um, mantra of breaking down the sale of seo is to present an opportunity to the client Mm -hmm. and ultimately demonstrate how difficult that opportunity may or may not be to achieve you don't want to make it seem too hard that it's inachievable because then they won't go for it but on the same note they they need to understand that there's a level of skill and dedication and and um technical ability involved in this which they may or may not have um which is why it's good to pay your your bill, which is six or six hundred dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month or whatever you whatever you decide to pitch it at. Um, but that that's really the crux is about presenting an opportunity. Yeah, I think hard sell might not have been the best term to use because I have to say personally, when it comes to selling and you know talking to clients, I'm just I'm not a sales guy. I've never been comfortable with it. One of the first jobs I got was doing sales, and they literally took me out of the department in the first week. They were like, we love you, but this is not the spot for you. You're going to start an internet department. <laughs> and, and you know, and it, I kind of went, yeah, okay, that's, you know, I'm not the one that can just call and try to sell people things that they don't need. So when it comes to selling SEO or website maintenance or whatever it is, I'm, I'm more than comfortable selling something I know they need. And I will only do that. I will never try to sell them something they want or they, and I will never try to sell them something they don't want or don't need. And I think that's something that a lot of people... Um, a lot of your clients, if you know, those of you listening are probably, they probably have those kind of caution, cautionary things up. You know what I mean? It's like, Ooh, they're trying to sell. I don't want to do that. You know, I don't come in them like that. I never do. I never recommend that. Absolutely. And, and this is where having an SEO discovery process really pays dividends because there's, there's so many moving parts when it comes to this thing. You know, you've got, not only have you got the, the, the difficulty of actually trying to rank in the search engines. But if if this isn't a new site that you're building, if this isn't clean and you're not in control of the code base, you don't really know what you're inheriting either. And then you've also got kind of this weird third dimension, which is this moral duty that you have, whereby if, you know, a client comes to you and says, well, I want a seven-figure business and I'm now a five-figure business. And it's like, well, don't we all? If, if we're in that <laughs> position, isn't that where we all want to be? But actually, can you deliver a seven-figure business because I, or an eight-figure business or whatever they it is they say they want? Because if they can't and you're aimless, not aimlessly, but um, you're sort of neglectfully just trying to push them there, actually, you can be pushing them into more harm than good because you get it. You're, you've worked this real hard to get them these new customers that they're just then letting down. So whilst as the seo it's not your job to run their business it kind of is your job to as i say you have this sort of moral weird moral kind of uh, obligation to understand that whatever improvements you make they can keep up with them otherwise otherwise they need to be addressing something before you really 
like turn on your SEO taps. Yeah, can't that's, believe that's this is the word a... SEO taps. Interesting. Should we trademark that one? I don't know. I could see some branding opportunities there. I like it. New beer company, SEO Hive Beer. <laughs> um, see, there's anyway. there's Jeff's ADHD kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> and his obsession with beer but there we go <laughs> a little bit actually you know i don't, don't drink much of that anymore these days it's not i'm getting old um anyway segue um no that's that's a good point because it's a i want to say it's a good problem to have and it usually is but like too much business it's a great problem to have but if you're the seo provider and you're getting your customers too much business you're probably going to cut yourself out of the picture real quick because they're going to be so overwhelmed with one month of work and we've we've had i'm not saying oh we're so great we've brought so many companies too much business but we've been in that situation multiple times and where we've had people cancel after like a couple months and they're like uh, thank you for all this. We are way too busy. We need to hire some people or whatever it is, you know? Well, but you know, it, it's all entirely contextual. If you're selling golf balls and their problem is that they just can't get a fast enough supply of golf balls, but the, the orders are 10, 12, $15 each. And, and, you know, they let down a few customers or the, the deliveries are delayed by a day or two. Nobody's going to care. If on the other hand of the spectrum, you're selling super yachts, and, you know, all of a sudden you sell too many super yachts and their lead time goes from 18 months to five years, then you've got a problem. So it, it, it all becomes contextual to the to the client as well. It's very difficult to give a hard and fast rule, but that's that's why, uh, you know, when you're having these discussions and we're going to get on to how in a minute, but uh when you're having these discussions, these are things that you do need to be aware of. There are parts of the discussion you need to have because you need to understand, firstly, what the benefit's going to be. Look, if I sell, if I'm working, genuinely, I have worked with a company that builds super yachts. Um, they had to make four sales a year. That was that, that was the uh, that was the target. They wanted us to lift them from two sales to four sales a year because that was all they could handle. Um, because, you know, when people are paying... 30 million dollars for a yacht they they want it to be handcrafted but they don't want to wait too long for it so there's there's this like sweet spot of time versus money and they couldn't exceed that so their maximum capacity was four sales a year um there but then you know i've also i haven't actually worked with anybody that sold golf balls i have worked with companies that sold, sold socks and uh, i think i've mentioned <laughs> this on the podcast before um but yeah they they just wanted to churn out socks you know a pair of socks eight quid you know however many socks you can sell me we'll keep up with demand we'll make it happen um so, so you know that that's literally the spectrum of of stuff that we've worked on and uh it yeah it, it all becomes contextual you just brought back some traumatic memories because I worked for a couple of yacht companies. We not not directly near me, but relatively close to my area. You know, I live near the beach, kind of. I mean, a little bit near the beach, within an hour. <laughs> There's yachts down there. Is what I'm trying to get. At. There's rich people that have yachts down there. Not me, <laughs> not where I live, but nearby. And so I've done some work for them, and I remember um, having like this was years and years ago. But I remember just being like berated by how much I was billing. You know, and I'm like, I'm billing fifty dollars an hour. And I am building a website for fixing your broken website, whatever it was for something for thing. You sell these things for $30 million and I'm charging you like 300 bucks for. <laughs> it's it's <sighs> just silly money. Absolutely ridiculous money. It's crazy. But that's, that's, you know, so, so like, like we're saying, it's all contextual and really the discussion that you have, these are the things, these are some of the things that you need to understand. And look, 
let's be honest, you're never going to have the first discussion about SEO with a client and come away with all the answers. You may come away with enough answers that you can then go and do a bit more research and put a plan together, Mm -hmm. but the chances are you're not going to come out of that discussion actually with a finite plan, which is why it's often good, as I say, to do it as part of a discovery process that you can then almost present back or deliver back to the client, and it it kind of bookmarks it quite nicely um, doing it that way. I realize not everybody wants to do a discovery process. And I mean, my take on it is discovery processes should be paid, which then maybe your first discussion about SEO is, hey, do you want an SEO discovery process? Um, Which is maybe a slightly different discussion than the one we're going to be talking about. (laughs) Well, it's like you said, it's all contextual. I think it applies to whether discovery is possible or needed as well. I mean, you know, you you can kind of start to gauge these things a little bit when it's a, you know, my, my, my imaginary plumber friend with a website, right? Like he probably doesn't need an in-depth discovery project. He needs this, that, and that, you know what I mean? It's probably pretty easy yeah. to tell. Um, doesn't mean you can put the work, you know, just click a couple buttons and make it all happen. Like you're going to be doing the work, but as far as, you know, what are their needs? Well, okay. I, I know he's not blogging, so he needs some content. I know his website was built by his nephew, so it's probably going to need some technical health stuff. And, you know, and it's just good old hard work. Maybe he wants Google ads, you know, maybe, maybe there's something we need to, to do there, but I, that's not rocket science, you know, but then when you're talking to companies that are, you know, maybe they ship product, physical products, that's huge. You know, those are all bottlenecks, um, just production. What about shipping? You know, can they ship those socks fast enough or those golf balls fast enough? I mean, thankfully those are the type of jobs that hopefully you can hire people relatively quickly to do, but, um, but still, a lot of companies are not equipped and not prepared to handle stuff like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let's get let's get into the crux of of what it is you need to to talk about. And the first thing is, ideally, is you you need to understand you know, you need to establish with the client what success is going to look like. So mm-hmm. if they fast forward 12 months from now, they've paid you the 12 times of the fee because that's what they're going to basically benchmark you against. Um, where is it they want to be versus where are they now? So what's the scale of that? And, you know, some people may come up with unrealistic unrealistic expectations. You know, like I said, I'm a five-figure business. I want to become a seven-figure business. Well, here's an idea. Why don't we become a six-figure business first, right? Um, So, uh, you know, it may be unrealistic, in which case uh, you need to judge whether the client is open to discussing that target and having a more meaningful discussion about it, or if that's where they're at, and that could be a red flag that, you know what, that's... uh, That that expectation just ain't going to happen. So, you know, having the discussion about Right. So if, if we do this, uh, you know, how how could we transform your business? What would more organic sales through SEO mean for your business? And how, you know, w- what is the scale of that? Um, what is going to be the workload differential for you on that? And how, you know, wh- how is that going to work? And let them tell you what they would see as the benchmark of success. Because if you can get that, then all of us, and you can understand where they are now, you can then start to reverse engineer the, the path, the footsteps that you're going to have to go on to get from where you are, you know, from, to get from X to Y, to get from where you are now to where they want to be. Yep. I've definitely had a few of those conversations where you hear that what they're expecting or what they want to do and you're going, whoa, okay, we need to, <laughs> we need to set this course here. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now you and I did a webinar, uh, uh, 
um, well, I was going to say a few months ago, but it was probably a few years ago now. I'm sorry <laughs> to say. Was. A couple. Um, a couple. Let's couple, not date ourselves years, too yeah. much. A couple of years. Um, and we talked through something to guide this discussion called the circle of truth. Now, I'm going to give full transparency here. This isn't something I came up with. Uh, I'd love to take credit for it. Uh, it's probably not something that the guy that I'm going to attribute it came up with either, <laughs> but I am going to attribute it to a guy called Richard Crooks, who is a uh, he's a business. Well, he's now a business advisor here in the UK. Um, he he ran a number of businesses. In fact, I think he still runs a business himself as well. Um, but I used to work in an agency where Richard was uh, on the team uh, as an external supplier, and we used to do these. Um, marketing workshops for people and he he would come in and kind of lead them and i was there as the technical kind of brain behind it and he used to kick off every session with these circles of truth so the circle of truth is a circle there'll be a graphic of this on the landing page for the episode in the show notes so if you if you want to see it uh if you want to see it just click on the show notes it, it'll be there basically it's a circle with eight points on it and those eight points are all interrelated. So it helps you understand where you are now. You can talk through each of these points with the client about where they are now. You can then talk about each of these points about where they are or what they would look like if they want to get to X many sales or X much turnover or this, that, and the other. And then it shows you where the model is going to break. That's the point. So the eight points of the circle, I've got it on the screen next to me, which is if you're watching this, it's why I'm looking off to one side because I don't get it wrong. Um, <laughs> You start by talking to your client about their current year. What what does the last 12 months look like in these eight ways? How much money did they turn over? How much profit did they make? How many customers, individual customers, did they have? How many sales did they make? From that, you can then figure out the average order value. You can figure out the average customer value. And then the last two points are what are the percentage of sales they made online and at what capacity was their business running? So that's all of the stuff we were talking about not being able to achieve goals. What capacity was it running? So let's, for easy maths, say you've got a business that turned over $100,000 and made $50,000 off 100 customers. I'm keeping the numbers dead easy. If they then say, well, I want to make it a million dollar business, then you've got to 10 times the the uh you know at 10 times the turnover so you 10 times the turnover so that'd be a million turnover which means you 10 times the profit so that'd be five hundred thousand profit right that maths works that's absolutely fine um they had a hundred customers so that now means they need a thousand customers but if they're already running at 75 percent capacity they can't 10x that that would then be 750 percent capacity so what are they going to do? You know, what are the plans that the client has in place in order to in order to to reach that capacity? Or actually, they might look at look at you and say, "We can't serve seven hundred and fifty customers. I, I want a million dollars, but I, I can't do seven hundred and fifty. That that would that would be like a living hell." Right? Okay. Well, that means then that your average order value. We've kept your average order value the same. So, what if we can make your average order value a bit more? Or what if we can increase? the number of sales without increasing the total number of customers so once you have these numbers you can then start to uh, you can then start to work through these models with the client to to find out as i say where stuff's going to break and where stuff's going to be achievable and actually you know if they say well you know what 
if we get to if we get to this, we could take on another member of staff. So that means that our capacity could increase. Right. Well, okay, then let's say that increases your capacity by a third. Right. Okay, great. Perfect. So, so now we've got a workable model. You, you're now in an understanding that if you get them to X, they will then employ somebody else, which will then increase them and, and take them to Y. So that's by far the best. And it's it's a most interactive model I've seen of doing it. I realize explaining it on a podcast makes it sound quite dull and quite dreary. Um, but it's honestly, when you get into clients, you uh, to doing it with clients, you can, it, it becomes quite a fun exercise. It takes about 20 minutes in total. It's, uh, and, and you know what, you can, you've got to be a bit quick on your feet, think on your feet with some of the numbers. But once you've done it a few times, you get into it. And uh, lots of clients, I mean, dozens and dozens of clients have said how valuable that that has been just as an exercise for them to do. Um, again, maybe not something you want to do on a free sales call, but if you are running yeah. a discovery session, it, it is a really valuable thing that you can you can work through. I've, I have to admit, I've, I've definitely not gone to that level of, you know, kind of breakdowns and stuff with a lot of my, you know, client meetings and stuff. And, you know, admittedly, I'm almost like 100% white label at this point. But for the last, you know, like last couple of years, I've taken a step back, but we've had plenty of, you know, meetings around town and personal referrals and so and so. And that's the crux of most of those conversations. It's realizing, you know, and discussing and figuring out where their bottlenecks are and if they're actually ready for this. And I was actually going to bring this up. So it's probably a good segue because you're talking about companies that are very established and where my experience has been a little bit more with brand new companies or new ideas or new, you know, new startups, new, new side businesses, new side hustles, you know what I mean? That kind of come and ask me for that help and stuff. And I imagine a lot of our listeners do too. So I guess that probably maybe another or another way to ask this question is what about a brand new business? You know what I mean? How do you start to figure out where those may be for a brand new business? Well, the brand new businesses are normally petrified about getting into debt. So yeah. the thing the thing with a brand new business is you need to understand where the break even points are, which this this model you could you could use a similar kind of thing as the circle of truth to figure figure that out as well. Um and essentially, that's the level you can never go below, um, unless they've got some kind of investment coming in or, or something which, you know, they've, so they've got money to spend. Um, if it's a brand new business, I'm thinking about the plumber guy that, that we, we keep up, the plumber, the electrician. It's, I'd love to meet this plumber or electrician one day because um, he's, he's probably the most shouted out guy on, on our show. Uh, I, I actually have a great plumber and a great electrician <laughs> that have been here in the last month and I'm, it's killing me that <laughs> not actually attributing it to them because <laughs> I don't think they have any websites. <laughs> but, but generally speaking, with, with it, it's difficult because with companies like that, they're often, they're often running on such a narrow profit margin that they often don't want to spend money on their marketing. Um, which is a bit like trying to put the cart before the horse. You know, really, you should speculate to accumulate. You've, you know, it's great if you can find one person to sell to, but what if I could find you a hundred? Um, but that's, you know, that's uh, at the end. I, I always think there's a bit of a risk with working with brand new companies, and it, it is entirely up to you as the agency owner to decide whether that's something that's uh, a risk you want to take or not. But generally speaking, it's it's about keeping them to break evens. Yeah. And I guess, you know, there's, it varies. There's a lot of variance with all this too, because I mean, even just saying a business, that means so many different things to different people, because there's people that have a business that have a full-time job and their business, you know, is a side thing. It's fun. It's a, it's a hobby. And maybe it makes them an extra couple dollars a month. Uh, there's other ones that 
you know, if it the business went under, there's dozens, if not hundreds of people whose families will go starving. I mean, there's, you know, so one business failing and it isn't the same as another one failing and one succeeding isn't the same as another one succeeding too. So it's, it's all big variance. And we'll see a lot of times with like customers and leads and things, you know, Oh, I've got this business and you know, here's where I want to go and want to do this. And then you, you know, you really find out, well, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't have that budget. They don't want to get into debt. And I don't want anyone to get into debt either, but if they're starting at zero with a new idea, they're just going to have to grind it out till they build some money up till they make some money. And you know, well, that that's it and and as hard as it is for you because you might want the sale um you know saying no to work is always easy when you've got enough money coming in yeah. and if you're running an agency and you're struggling you're you know you're doing this to try and make your life better as well to try and in- increase your recurring revenue because maybe you want to get it over your break even point it can be really difficult to say no um but you know what it's far better to have a client that will come back to you in three, six, 12 months time and say, right now I'm ready to go and then have a, a 10 year relationship with them than it is to get a sale over the line today. And in three months they fire you because they can't afford to pay your bill. Yeah. Um, that you've got, it's that weird moral thing. Again, you come back to this weird moral kind of obligation. It is so much in the digital world is binary. It's on or it's off. It works or it doesn't. SEO isn't like that. SEO is so contextual and such a long process that it is like um, it, it is it is a long term game. And I'm not I'm not just saying that because it's a cheesy thing that lots of SEO people say. It is true, uh, and you're going to be working together for a significant amount of time. And you know what? If something like your bill is going to become an issue, that's probably a red flag from the client for me. Yeah, I gotta admit, it's kind of it's kind of bummed me out a little bit. Maybe this is a, kind of a another topic for another day. But I've just thinking a few examples um, over just over the last couple of years of new businesses um, that specifically. I'm not trying to like um, I'm not trying to like displace responsibility by any means, but like very specifically, they came on as like hosting maintenance customers. So you know, but these these people paid an agency several thousand dollars for a new website and some copywriting and, and all that stuff. And they got a website done and launched and boom, they're selling a digital product and they don't get any sales or an e-commerce product. I'm thinking of, honestly, I'm thinking of several examples right now off the top of my head. And this is, I'm not, not crapping on anybody. I promise. It's just a matter of kind of maybe putting the horse before the cart or the cart before the horse, or you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, they end up investing thousands of dollars from the get go. And that's, you know, arguably in the grand scheme of things, not a lot, but it still is a decent amount of money if this isn't, you know, a real established business and then trying to sell products for 20 to a hundred dollars or something. And well, it's going to take you a while to make that money back. And if there was never a plan in place to actually market the products or to SEO that, you know what I mean? To actually build up the SEO of the website or anything like that, where are you going to be in six months? You're not going to be anywhere. And so, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of, just kind of, you know, thinking out loud and talking out loud about these situations, but, but these are the things that you might uncover in these early discussions. And it's, you know, again, I'm not, not bad mouthing anybody by any means, but it, for that customer, they, the couple that I'm thinking of, they probably would have benefited of a more of a, Hey, let's, let, let's talk about marketing your service or your business or your product rather than let's worry about the aesthetics of your website. Aesthetics are good. Not the most important thing. No, absolutely. Aesthetics aren't going to put meals on the table and you know keep keep a roof roof over your head all the time now 
let's let's just flip this a little. I I'm, I agree with you. It's got a little heavy. That's, that's not <laughs> not where we go all the time. It's, I mean, we're not kind of melancholic kind of guys. So let's uh, let's just flip this on its head a little bit and say. So what is a realistic sort of growth rate? What is a realistic target that you can sort of commit to, if you like? Again, it's fully contextual. If you've got a, a business that's turning over ten thousand dollars and you can get it to fifty thousand dollars, woohoo! Five hundred dollar, a five hundred percent increase in uh, in growth, brilliant. Most pe- most businesses aren't going to work at that kind of level. Uh, you know, you're not going to five x five x things. Um, generally speaking, this has come from Go Cardless. It's a quote that I have in front of me. Uh, generally speaking, uh, an annual growth rate of fifteen to twenty five percent is a sustainable growth rate for most SMEs. So that's that's where I don't want to oversell things. I don't want to fall things short. You might think, oh, only 25%. That's like, what's that? On average, as a sustainable growth rate, 15 to 25% a year is a good annual growth rate. Like I said, that's contextual, but that's an average too. So, you know, small, tiny business, they might double. They might triple. They might quadruple this first year or two. But they're also small and tiny, so it's not making a big dent on that metric. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely, and it's you know we are talking we are talking averages here. But this is this is why it's so important to understand so of some of those financial aspects before you start diving diving into things. So again, let's let's just keep this as a positive. So that that's what's realistic. <laughs> that's what's realistic. That's that's a discussion that we can we can have with clients. What are the other things that we need to know in order to have a meaningful discussion that we can then start to present this opportunity? Because there is an opportunity there. And it is, it's going to take a bit of time. It's going to take a bit of effort. And we need to get our ducks lined up in a row. But what are the other things we need to know? Right. The first thing is we need to know about the current, the how the current website is performing. So what is it ranking for? You need a current rankings report. Um, how healthy is it? You need a you need a health check doing. Um, how many links does it have, and how toxic are those links uh, coming into it? Do some of those need removing, or or not? How's it? How's the indexing going? You know, if you've got a whole load of widowed or orphan pages that aren't being indexed, then frankly, that's a whole load of content you can just strip out, streamline it out, making sure you obviously take care of any links that are coming into them. But uh, you know, the, there's there's an audit process that can happen, and ultimately from the keywords that it's already ranking for, what sort of competition level are they ranking for? We call that a keyword baseline. So that's, uh, you know, if if the website, the bulk of the listings that the website currently has are for, let's say, keywords around 15 to 20% in terms of their keyword difficulty, then we can be fairly confident that it will easily rank for other keywords between 15 and 20%. If, however, when we conduct our keyword research, the, the terms the client wants to go for are 45-50%, then that's quite a big jump from where they are at the minute. So we're going to need to put some stepping stones in the way to grow from one to the other. If on the flip side, you know, the keyword research happens and you're operating at 15-20% and the keywords the client the client needs for, for their outreach are at like 10%, happy days. We should be able to get to them quite, quite quickly. So... Um, it, again, this is where it all becomes contextual, but that's the kind of information that you you need to know. And as I say, you might not have that 
all as part of this discussion. You might have a discussion with the client about their their aims, their objectives, their um, you know their their current state of business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What what it is that's going to make them tick. What are the key terms that they they need to rank for? Or their clients use for their products or services. What are the pain points that they solve? All of that kind of stuff. And then you can go away and do some desk research and put put two and two together, and that's where the plan starts to form. I realize I've said quite a lot there. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't ready for a segue. So, <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> oh, I'm doing my really lived up to my co-hosting duties here, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, I can keep on. I can keep on going if you want. Um, <laughs> I just thought you were. That's all. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were ready to chime in with something. This is like a no, you hang up. No, you hang up. Kind of discussion. Uh, <laughs> So, so you, you know, so when when you've got all that information together, the the next thing that you need is some keyword research, so that you can under you can then cross reference the keywords that they're currently ranking for versus the places where you may find some traffic, and when you've when you've got that information, you can then look at the website look at the content that needs to be created, whether the health needs to be increased, whether you've got to do a disavow process, this, that, and the other. And that's where your plan starts to come together. And if the client says that they want to get from X to Y in 12 months, it's then not too difficult to say, right, well, if we're going to get to Y, we're going to need to pick off, let's say, half a dozen of these key key uh, keywords with the associated uh, long tail keywords surrounding them. So, you know, we might be looking at, I don't know, 30 new bits of content let's say some of them are pillar content some of them be cluster content and uh we need to do a health check first we need to do the disavow exercise so that'll take month one two three let's say so actually this is now what your 12 month plan looks like and with that we would expect you to be in the ballpark of your target within a 12 month window and there's your discussion uh, sorry, Pete. I'm getting uh, one of our producers in my ear right now, letting me know we got to go to commercial. Um, yeah, there and it says insert SEO Hive commercial, and that we do a lot of these things, and we would love to help your agency and end commercial. There we go. Thanks, editor and producers. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't the parenting, uh, the parent counseling uh, trailer that that appeared in this one. Oh, is that no. appearing earlier in the show? <laughs> <laughs> that's all we need to do is sign up for like ai advertisements and uh they start analyzing our transcripts and next thing we know we get family therapy ads and our seo hive ads that'd be great <laughs> well in in all in all uh honesty we we do we do provide those reports and uh you know and yeah that's one of the products and services that we offer we've mentioned that in this in the show in the past um but we do have a sales template which is essentially geared up to guide you through this so if you're a bit worried about this you want to you want to know how how it works um seohive.co forward slash seo sales template uh it's a free um google slides document and it, you can take it you can brand it you can do whatever you want but the whole thing is is already set out to systematically walk a client through this is where you are this is what you want to achieve this is how we're going to get there and this is how much it's going to cost and I that really could do, help you guide through, yeah, guide you through yeah, that conversation i really don't want to toot our own horn but it's a good it's a good template it's a really good template go download it <laughs> <laughs> because like you said, it breaks, it walks you through it. I mean, it's not a, it doesn't hold your hand through every single thing. You're still going to have to get this data or like I said, we can help you with that, but it tells you what you got to have, what you got to go over with them. So it's great. 
it, it was it was a chunk of work to put it together. Although full transparency again, it has it came to life from a um uh, as a form of the sales template that I've used in my agency for the last decade or so and modified it over the time of course it's not the same document that it was back then but it's uh yeah that, that that's where it came from uh it works and we have clients that use it all the time and we you know we offer a thing called our pro and prime scout reports where we go a bit more into depth about what the data means if you if you get a set of scout reports from us and as part of that we would actually strip the information in into the sales template for you so all you have to do is kind of put the covering letter on because obviously we're not going to know exactly who the client is. Put the covering letter on and put details in about your terms and your onboarding process and your pricing. And, and then you can send it directly off to a client. So, or, um, yeah, or it could be Joe the plumber down the street, probably. That's how we'll just fill it out for you. <laughs> well, we could. I mean, it would make more sense to fill it out for the client that we've actually run the reports. No, for, you but... said we don't, we don't know who they are. So I'm just going to guess. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I thought you'd made, just, made all of them out to like Joe the plumber. It's like, what's the point in that? I Not everybody's Joe the plumber. <laughs> Until otherwise they are to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send a scout report to your Thai restaurant, your local Thai restaurant made out to Joe the plumber and see how successful it is, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know what? I feel like I've spoken a lot in this in this episode, and I honestly don't know how useful anybody's going to find it. Even the dogs trying to get out the door, I can see. <laughs> so well, it's yeah. You I know, just hope it's... I hope that this has stirred up some inspiration for people to to think about their sales conversations a bit more. It personally, if anything, it stirs up more in me, and so that's why I'm kind of sitting here going, "Oh my goodness!" Like, okay, tweak this, change this, do that. You know what I mean? I start running through all these different things in my head, but. At the end of the day, when you have these conversations, you you start to figure out these questions. You know what I mean? You may not even need to go through the full discovery. You'll you'll learn a lot of this just by having that first casual conversation with them. But then, you know, we, we're going over these because they can be really, really important. And they could, if anything, save you from, you know, hours and hours, weeks, months of work, you know, all kinds of problems and stuff. So, you know, you don't need to take everything so seriously and make, you know, make it such a, you know, life, you know, big ordeal or whatever. But it's also, it's all, you could put the work in too when, you know, when you have to, and it, it helps. It's, it's important. So, well, the, the, the thing that I'm trying to avoid with this episode the, the the reason we thought these things through we put sales templates out there we we have these products we've thought this process through is because we've worked with too many agencies that aren't charging enough for their seo services because they haven't done this work they haven't figured out properly how much work is involved from their side of things and kind of thought of a number that they think the client will accept uh, rather than actually figuring out, so this is what the opportunity looks like. This is how much money the client's going to be making. This is how much work I've got to put in. So the fee has to be around here. And the agencies are now the ones being run ragged with clients that aren't paying them enough. We all know that there's clients that are paying bottom dollar are the clients that become the biggest pain in the ass that that you've ever seen. Clients that pay fairly seem to just act more fairly i don't know i don't know why that is but it, we all know it's true and yeah so, so that's that's why that's why we did these things to try and help agencies to not to rip people off but just no. to get paid a fair amount for a fair amount of work 
for a strategy that's going to work because as i say we don't want you to have clients that last three months and then fire you because they're fed up of paying your bill or they're not sure what you're doing we want you to have relationships with clients that last a decade that never go anywhere else and send all their business to you because that's what makes you grow that what makes us grow and then sooner or later you know somebody might say hey we heard these guys pete and jeff on this podcast and you know what they really did make me think about something and i've not looked back that is like nirvana for me if yeah. if i ever get a testimonial like that i will be absolutely <laughs> cock a hoop well, we get, you know, not to keep dragging this on, but we, a lot of the conversations that I have with, again, early er, people early on in the in the process with us coming to me. And if you if you think I'm talking about you right now, I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm talking about like dozens of people we've talked with. And it's that they come and they say something like, I've got this client that I'm already doing SEO for. And it's, I build them $500 a month. And we'll go, okay, what are you doing for them? Well, this month we do that. Next month we do this. this you know, it's all over. It's not defined. And that's an important thing that this process or these processes can help you do is define that scope. And so if you are going to charge me $500 a month, you know exactly what you're doing or you know exactly what you're committed to or what you're obligated to do and what you're, what you're promising them. And if you're delivering and you're hitting those marks, this sales template we keep talking about, if you, if you haven't seen it and you go check it out, you'll see it's not, Hey, there's not, there's not, you know, we're not scaring anybody into things. We're not going, you need to sign up for SEO. Otherwise your business is going to go down and this, you know, it's the data and it tells you why it's important and just says, this is just what it is. This is just what it is. We're I, yes, we want to sell you this. Yes, we want you to sign up for this. We want to make money off of it, but we also want to help you. And we want to do it again the next month and the next month and the next month and for the next year and down the line. We never want to leave your side. So it's not about that big sale and cashing it in and make, you know what I mean? It's not about that big $10,000 sale. It's nothing like that. It's about longevity, recurring revenue, and supporting your clients. I mean, I just I just come from that, I want to say altruistic. I'm not sure that's the best word in, in this case, but do you know what I mean? I never want to sell somebody they don't want or need or won't help them. So um, I think that the majority of our customers feel the same way, hopefully. Yep. Well, <laughs> I know that, you do. That's exactly why I started, or we started, by talking about talking of a sales call about SEO, a sales discussion about SEO is about presenting an opportunity because then it's entirely up to the client whether they want to take the opportunity or leave it or whether they want to take it in three months' time or six months' time or whether they need to change something over here first before they can start on it. It's about presenting the opportunity. Once that opportunity has been presented, then you have positioned yourself as the trusted advisor in this role. You know about it. You now, you now know the only two people that know about this opportunity at this moment in time are you and them. So if they're not ready to go, then that's on them. If they are ready to go, they're going to go with you. And uh, you can't really say fairer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. With all of that, we hope you start having some meaningful, productive client sales calls. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'd love to hear some of your success stories. We'd also like to hear some of the horror stories just because they're always good things to talk about, but not necessarily that we want you to have horror stories anymore. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying with that. That, that, that. That's all come out a bit wrong, but hopefully you get the. the I feel gist. yeah. Well, you know, I love a good horror story. So <laughs> let's be honest. I don't want them to happen. I'm not glad that they happen, but if they exist, can we talk about them? Can we vent? Can we just laugh? You know what I mean? So you just inspired me. I think we either need maybe like once a month or maybe maybe once a quarter like show where we just like 
vent about crazy situations or maybe like a like a happy hour on Zoom with some of our customers where we just talk about the wild situations we found ourselves in. <laughs> we, we could try. We could see how it goes. We could see how it goes. <laughs> I did wonder. Now, here's, here's some, uh, we haven't spoken about this yet, but I did wonder about whether uh, any of our listeners would um, appreciate like an ask me anything type either show or facebook live or something where you know so if you have any questions that you would like us to address uh drop them to hello at seohive.co we'll create a folder of them when we've got enough we'll we'll maybe put a show together or as i say a something we'll do a thing with them (laughs) um and I've said it online. I've said it live now on the show, so Jeff has to agree. I, we, um, we've got to do it now. We have to do. It. I think it's a good idea. That's it. It's and, the law. And we've gotten to really appreciate some of the questions and you know positive comments we've gotten stuff. But um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little greedy, and I'd love more. So if you could uh, hit like on the video if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or whatever whatever tool, whatever program you're using to listen to this stuff, and we would greatly appreciate it. Reviews, anything like that, makes a world of a difference. It's just like the same thing you want your clients, customers to do for them. Well, absolutely. And, and just that thing with reviews, like it was right back at the start. I think I mentioned it in like episode three or four, maybe. If you are getting any value out of this show or any of the shows that you may have uh, you may have heard us uh, heard us produce over the last few weeks. If you've got a five-star review, please go and put that on your podcast player of choice. Absolutely. If it's any less than that, feel free to drop it into an email to us, and we'll we'll just keep it between us. Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy with that arrangement. Happy to talk about any improvements we can have, but that doesn't need to happen in the reviews. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> cool. Well, look, I, this this has been fun. Um, I I hope people have found it uh, found it useful. Um, and uh, I I don't know what we're talking about next time. That was where I was going to go with this sentence. I don't know what we're talking about next time. I hope that'll be fun and useful for you too. Uh, but if we don't see you before, we'll see you in the next show. We'll see you then. Laters. The WP SEO Show is brought to you by SEO Hive, your agency's proactive white label SEO partner. We understand that finding a reliable SEO supplier is key to ensuring you build stable monthly recurring revenue into your digital agency. At SEO Hive, we have a suite of products that will help you sell, scale and deliver your monthly SEO retainers, from our scout reports and one-off technical boosters, to our flagship local SEO and honeypot plans, all of which have clear pricing and monthly deliverables. If you want to explore how SEO Hive can help your agency deliver high quality and reliable SEO agreements for your clients, you can find more information at seohive.co and schedule a call to discuss the next steps.